Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and joining the shiur tonight. Um, we are continuing our study of Rosh Chodesh, of the Rosh Chodesh Tefillah. Last week, we looked at the feature of Shmona Esrei, known as Yalevi Avo. And funnily enough, most of that study last week was quite uh, academic, as um, the majority of sources that discuss the history and development of Yalevi Avo are not rabbinic. And there was very little rabbinic work on the uh, history of Yalav Evo and its early development. Although, although the ideas are well known, it is a prayer to beseech Hashem for the rebuilding of the Beit HaMikdash, and it has an emphasis on Zikaron. Still, the history of Yalav Evo is quite mysterious, and most of the work that was done to explore that history um, was done by secular scholars. This week, however, we are going to continue with the next obvious feature of, uh, let me just mute somebody, sorry. Uh, here we go. So the next obvious feature of the Rosh Chodesh Tefillah is going to be Hallel. As soon as the Chazan is done, Shimon Esrei, at least, you know, in the Ashkenaz uh, uh, Kehilot, when he's done the Shmon Esrei, uh, the, the Chazarat Hashatz, after uh, the Amidav Shachrit, they begin with the Bracha of Hallel. And Hallel itself is most carefully studied and most critically studied around the area of uh, Pesach, because one of its most early and prominent usages was in the Haggadah Shal Pesach, because over there, on Pesach time, Hallel itself receives a Deoraita status, almost, because it is a part of the Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim. Now, over there is where it receives a lot of attention in, in Mesechet Pesachim at the end, in Arve Pesachim. So a lot of the study tonight we're going to do is going to reference the Gemarot and Pesachim. But unlike last week's shiur, which was very much secular, this week, a lot of the history that we have of Hallel comes from the Talmud Bavli itself. There are scatterings of information all the way across Talmud Bavli, from in Mesechet Arachin, uh, Mesechet Pesachim, Sukkah, uh, just off the top of my head, Shabbat, all over Shas, it discusses Hallel. In Aramaic, Hallel was called Halela. So originally they didn't call it Hallel, they called it Halela or Halela Mitzra'ah, which meant the, the Hallel HaMitzri. This is the term given to it in the Masechet Brachot, that this was called the Egyptian Hallel. Why was it called Egyptian? Well, likely because it mentions a lot of the redemption, but also because there is a Mekar uh, that we shall see regarding uh, a Mekar which believes that this was first innovated at Kriyat Yam Suf. So the history of Hallel is discussed already in the Gemara, and it is notable that in the time of the Tanaim, the uh, Minhagim and the Halachot of Hallel were still evolving, and they never stopped changing from then till today. Now, Hallel itself is pretty obvious. Uh, Hallel itself is pretty obvious in the sense that 
Hallel doesn't require much academic or secular study because in and of itself, it is just a couple of prakim of tilim. It's from Kufyu Gimel, Kufyu Dalid, Kuf Vav, Kufyu Zayin, and that is the end of Hallel. So it follows five, uh, five prakim of, of tehillim. And so if one were to study the, the, the prakim themselves, that would be a study in tehillim more than a study in the prayer or the liturgy of Hallel. So Hallel, while its text doesn't require any liturgical study because we understand its source, the practices around why it said when it was in, instituted and perhaps a little bit of study on the brachot and the minhagim is warranted. Now, where does Hallel come from? And when was it instituted? So let's look at the Gemara together. It's Gemara Psachim Daf Kufyud Zayin Amud Aleph. If anybody has a uh, Gemara in front of them or a computer, they could follow along. I'm going to pull it up here. Uh, give me a second. Do, 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 do. How do we do this? I figured I have a limited shtender here, so I don't keep too many uh, too many farms stacked on top of it. Here we go. First Gemara we're going to see tonight. Psachim Kufyud Zayin. Amr Rabbi Yehuda Mar Shmuel. Shir Torah Moshe Yisrael Amruhu B'Sha'ah She'alu Min Hayam. The shir which is mentioned in the Torah, this meaning Azya shir, famously we say it every day, that shir was said by Moshe and, and the Jewish people as they, ex- they came up from the Yamsuf. Vihalel zeh, mi amru. And this halel, which we're in the middle of discussing, who said it? The Gemara answers, Nevi'im shebenehen, the, the prophets among the Jewish people in that time, that the Nevi'im that lived among the Jewish people in that time of Moshe Rabbeinu instituted Hallel so that they should say Hallel in case any, uh, uh, what's the word, any calamity were to occur to them or any uh, distressful period, they would have and they were saved from it, So the Nevi'im made this institution, according to Yehuda Shmuel, that Hallel was to be sung as a praise for whenever we were redeemed or delivered salvation from a distress. Tanya, we learned in a Baita, the Gemara continues, Rabbi Meir Omer, Rabbi Meir disagrees. No, this wasn't started by the Nevi'im. This was written by David HaMelech. This is Tehilim. It was written by David HaMelech. Omer kol tishpachot hamurat b'sefet Tehilim kulan David Amran. Shene'emar, as the Pasuk says, kalu tefilot ben Yishai al tekri kalu ela kol elu. Meaning that all of the Mizmorim in Tehilim were written uh, by David. So this is a machoket anayim, how many of the Mizmorim were written by David and how many were compiled by him. However, it's her mayor's opinion that Hallel was composed by David HaMelech. So the Gemara asks, uh, for, according to the alternate view, Halal zami amru, Rabbi Yossi Omer, Lazar b'ni Omer Moshe v'nei Yisrael amru b'sha'ashalu min hayam. This is another alternate view, Rabbi Elezer uh, holds that it was said by the Jewish people themselves as they came up from the Yamsuf. V'chalukin alav chaverav, and his friends uh, argue with him, l'omar David amru, again, a similar machloket, his, the, his colleagues said that David HaMelech was one who composed it. V'nirin dvarav midivrehem, but I... Uh, believe that he is more correct than them. It must be older than David HaMelech. Why? If 
is it possible that the Jewish people were uh, being show, doing Korban Pesach and, and bringing Lulav to the, to the Beit HaMikdash for all those years before David HaMelech was born and they wouldn't say Hallel? Can't be possible. Therefore, it must be that Hallel was instituted in the time of Moshe. This seems to, to, this seems to assume that Hallel is some sort of Halacha or Kabbalah le Moshe Messinai, and therefore, because the Kabbalah goes all the way back to Moshe Messinai, it must be that they were saying it in the time before David HaMelech, and therefore it must have been composed before David HaMelech. Another way to prove, that the idol called Micha was standing in Bechi, or either in tears or in a place called Bechi, and the Jewish people were saying Halel, meaning that how is it possible that the Jewish people... Um, all these years, Bechi was a, um, I believe the Pasuk says they were singing uh, Hallel. Bechi was an idol which existed before David HaMelech. And if I'm remembering correctly, there's a source that they were doing Hallel before that time for Bechi. So that's, that's another raya. Further down here in the Gemara, there's more opinions brought. And there's a machloket between Rashi and the Rashbam as to what these alternative opinions are. One, one opinion is that these are additional, uh, peep, Rashi holds that these are additional people who said Hallel, not that, it's, uh, a, a diff, not that it's a different opinion as to who wrote it, while the Rashbam believes that no, these are different opinions as to who wrote it entirely. But I personally favor Rashi's. However, um, let's see the Gemara itself. Where is it here? It's on the bottom. Um, Rabbi Huda says that Yeshua and the Jewish people said it. And the Shechina answered, Meaning that the first, uh, the first opinion here in the Gemara was that Moshe Rabbeinu said it. And the Gemara quotes Lolanu Lolanu, the Pasuk from Tilim, and the Shekhinah answered Lemani Lemanias Esse, which is a Pasuk in Yeshayahu. Lemani Lemani Esse, ki ech yechalu kvodi laacher lo eten. Another opinion here is Rabbi Lezer Hamodai says it was Devora and Barak. Sisra when they were when they were confronted by Sisra, and the same thing, Lolanu Lolanu, and Hashem answered Lemani Lemani Esse. Uh, so in other words, that any time there was a distress, they said, and they were saved, they said, Lolanu, it wasn't done for our sake. And Hashem replied, yes, you're correct. It was done for my sake. That was Chizkia and his colleagues. That when Sancherev besieged the Jewish people, that was when Chizkia said, Hallel, or Bihakiva Omer, or Bihakiva says, Hanani Mishal Ba'azari Amruhu. Rabbi Yossi Aglili, I'm just going to skip a lot of this, what, by, by Nebuchadnezzar, Rabbi Yossi Aglili says, Mordechai Be'aster Amruhu, that Mordechai and Esther said Hallel after they were saved uh, from Haman. And Bechachamim Omrim, and finally, this, is, this lends support to the Rashbam, Nevi'im Shebeneim Teknu Lehen Yisrael Shiyomrim Otal Kol Perek Perek, Val Kol Tzara Vetzara Shalotov Aleim L'Yisrael, Kshinagalin Omrim Otal Al Geulatan. So this is the, the, the final, this seems to be the final opinion of the Gemara, that this is a takanat, a, a decree of the prophets that we should read Hallel if we are delivered or redeemed from a distress, a distress or a, um, a calamity of any sort. For this reason, um, 
For this reason, there is even a minhag um, because of this this gemara here that claims that halal is is to be said for any calamity which you're delivered from. That there are those who believe that you should say halal for even a local or personal miracle that one is delivered from. There is some halachic basis for this, but the major post scheme typically don't enforce it or do not allow it to be enforced. For example, Yom HaTzma'ut, the, the post scheme do not allow uh, saying a bracha on halal uh, without much more grounding. So the, for, typically speaking, we do not make a, we do not uh, institute a halal if we ourselves aren't chazal. We don't make our own Yom Tovs except for very rare cases. And, um, but this is the, the source when people tell you that they say, this is the, our rabbis who did believe it was appropriate. And this is the source that the, the Nevi made a takana that it should be said um, for any distress. Okay, let's go a little further. Um, right, so we have this first Misora that Moshe Rabbeinu, possibly David HaMelech said it. Now, the Gemara further on Kufir Chet Amud Aleph says something about the contents of Hallel. So it wants to know why is Hallel said, the Hallel that we have, Hallel HaMitzri, why is it chosen to be said on the Chagim instead of something else called Hallel HaGadol? So we know about Hallel HaMitzri, which is what we say every Rosh Chodesh, every Chag, but Hallel HaGadol is Hodul HaShem Kitov Kilolam Chastel, right? All of those all of those descriptions in Hodul Hashem Kitov, I forgot which Mizmor it is. It is uh, Kuflamid Vav. The entire Mizmor says Kilalam Chasto, Kilalam Chasto. That is known by the Chachamim as, as Halel Hagadol. So the Gemara says, why in the world do we say this Halel rather than Halel Hagadol? So let me just find the language here for you. Sorry, we have to see a lot of Gemara again. Um, so again, Rabbi Yochanan says, uh, why is it called Halel Gadol? Because it represents the Gadlut of Hashem. Hodul Hashem Kitov represents the greatness of Hashem that He can be so transcendent and at the same time He makes sure to feed and sustain all of His, um, all of his creation. So, and it asks further down in the Gemara, uh, all the way in the middle of the page, if there is something as great as Halel HaGadol, and this is, and Tehilim Kuflam Yervav is such a powerful psalm, Anan Maitai Malvin and Hai, why do we say Halel HaMitzri instead? So the Gemara answers, Mishum Shiyeshbo Chamishadvarim, because Halel HaMitzri has five important topics Yitziat Mitzrayim, Kriyat Yamsuf, Matan Torah, Triyat Amitim, Vechevloshel Mashiach. Okay, so how do you know that it has Yitziat Mitzrayim? Because it says, B'tzayt Yisrael Mitzrayim. Kriyat Yamsuf, because it says, Hayam Ra'avianos. Matan Torah, because it says, Ha'harim Rakduk Elim, that the mountains trembled. Tachiyat HaMetim Dichtiv et Halech Lefnei Hashem. Right, Tachiyat HaMetim, it says, I will walk before God. And Chavlo Shel Mashiach, the pangs of the, of the Messianic era, as it says, Lolanu Hashem Lolanu, don't give us this distress. Um, that's talking about Shibud Malchiyot, Igadamri. Some people say that's Melchamat Gogumagog. So, different interpretations about what the uh, distress of Yemot Mashiach is. Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak says, We say it because it has the, um, the saving of the righteous souls from Gienom, as it says, Ana Hashem Alatanafshi. Uh, and then further and further different uh, different uh, reasons for why these pesukim were chosen and why they have greatness in them. 
So what it seems by choosing these five uh, topics, it seems that Halel HaMitzri receives, um, what's the word? It would receive prominence over Halel HaGadol because it tracks the greatness of Hashem and it tracks the praise of Hashem throughout our entire history. All the way from Yitzhak Misraim to Kriyat Yamsuf until Chevloshel Mashiach, until the, the Messianic era. For that reason, it seems that the, for that reason alone, those five topics seem to be the reason why it receives prominence, especially during the holidays, which discuss Yitzhak Misraim and salvation. For that reason, Halel HaMitzri was chosen over uh, Halel HaGadol. And this is why we say that instead. Now, I saw, I was, I was, I'm still reading Rebbe uh, Volgamoth's material on Rosh Chodesh. And he, he's funny, is because he was German, he quotes Rosh Hashanah Fall Hirsch, who, who, I don't know how to say this in German, but he says that the Halal is the national anthem of the Jewish people, which is probably, probably better translated in German. But in his, in his view, the, the, the shira of pride of the Jewish people, that Hashem is our savior, and that we, you know, aspire to a theocracy, that is the um, that is the Hallel, and he was a colleague also of Soloveitchik, and of Soloveitchik says that in a way Hallel itself parallels Shmona Esrei. We know that we know that Shmona Esrei uh, has a triad structure where it begins with Shvach and then it has Bakasha and then it ends with Hoda'ah. So in his in his uh, view, it begins with a form of Shvach, right? Haluluka Haluavdeat Hashem. And then in the middle, we, we ask for bakashot, right? Um, and then finally, we end with It's an interesting uh, corollary to, to parallel Halel HaMitzri, to, to parallel uh, our Halel with Shmona Esrei. And another, um, hold up one second. So another source which contrasts this Halel, Halel HaMitzri, is a source in Gemara Shabbat. And we discussed this all the way back when we spoke about uh, Psuke de Zimra. So Rabbi Yossi says, Rabbi Yossi says in Shabbat that I, I, hope, I aspire to be among those who, are, who say Halel every day. And the Gemara says, wait a second. We know from, I forgot who it was. We have, we have a Mesorah from one of the Amoraim that whoever says halal every day is kimecharefu kimegadef. It's like he's uh, blaspheming God, uh, God forbid. So the Gemara answers no. What Rabbi Yossi was saying is that someone who says psuke de zimra every day uh, has a great merit. And in that Gemara we see that saying halal hamitzri, saying the, the, the halal which we're familiar with, every day would be considered inappropriate. Only psuke de zimra, which is also to a degree called a halal, can be said every day. And when we discussed, back in the day, when we discussed uh, a few years ago, when we discussed uh, Psyche de Zimra, I also brought, um, I heard from Rabbi Taragin that he, he quoted Rav Soloveitchik in a shir that he gave, where he made a distinction between the Halel of Psyche de Zimra and the Halel of, ha Halel, of Halel HaMitzri. First of all, in other, to explain why it's inappropriate to say the Halel HaMitzri daily. First of all, in Psyche de Zimra, when we praise Hashem, we praise Him as the Creator. All of the verses in, um, in, in Pesuket Izimrah praise Hashem as He created the world from the mouth of His creations. While in 
the Halel HaMitzri, it constantly praises Hashem as a redeemer, not as a creator. Furthermore, in the Halel HaMitzri, it praises Hashem as the redeemer, but as a transcendent being, while in the Psuche de Zimra, the emphasis is very imminent, that Hashem is very close to us. And because he says Halel has, has Bakashot, and it says, it, it asks for Hashem's salvation within it, it would be inappropriate for us to beseech Hashem with Bakasha in transcendent terms. Because typically when we uh, ask Bakashot from Hashem, we see him as an imminent being. But when we, when we are praising Hashem as the transcendent being who comes at rare occasions to save us through a miraculous event, we are not going to ask, ask Bakashot, we're not going to ask petition from Hashem when we're praising Him in that way because that's almost, uh, almost foolhardy to ask Hashem to do Nisim for us every day. And therefore, uh, we instead stick to when we're speaking to Hashem as the creator of the world we live in and we're speaking to Hashem in imminent terms, that's when we, uh, have, that's when we petition Hashem. And therefore, Psukei Zimra are fundamentally different in their theme of praise than the, the Halel HaMitzri, in which its theme of praise is more of a transcendent God who is a redeemer. Okay, so the next feature of Halel, we said that this Halel is really not so interesting in and of itself because it's just Pesukim of, of, uh, it's just Pesukim of Tehillim. So the Mishnah in Sukkah, Andaf Lamed Chet discusses how they would do it in the time of the Tanaim. So I'm just going to pull this up now. Give me a second. Uh, let's see if I have it open already. Uh, I do not. Okay. Sukkah. And we're not going to go through the whole, Gemara, the whole Mishnah Gemara because it's going to be a little difficult to do that. I'm sorry. I did Chavchet. Here we go. The bottom of the page, the Mishnah. Misha haya Eved Oisha. So the... In the Tanaic times, we learn from this Mishnah, the Minhag was that only one person would recite the Hallel. And this was because in the time of the Tanaim, they had a serious problem with literacy. There was a lot of uh, people were not, there was a lot of oppression from the governments and it was harder to, for people to get educated. And therefore, they were in a time where not everybody was literate. And in, the, in Gemara terms, it's called Enan Bikiyin. People were not fluent in the Hallel. So the Mishnah begins as follows. Misha haya eved oisha o katan, makrin oto ona acharehen. That if a person, uh, that if a person is reading the Hallel um, and he's being motzi a katan, or a isha, or an eved, they should read after him. He should say halu avdeat Hashem and they should repeat halu avdeat Hashem. Vitavolo mi'ira im hayagadol makre oto. Right, so and it should also occur should come upon him if an adult male has to be read for him. Meaning the Gemara is being disparaging towards people who do not make an emphasis on getting themselves educated. At least the adult males have to very much. Uh, the Mishnah's uh, opinion very strongly is that an adult Jewish male must uh, become literate and must learn to read to, to, in order so that he could pray and learn. And so he should be cursed if he doesn't if he if he needs an evident isha or a katan to read for him. Uh, if 
in a place where, so, and then after each pasuk, they say the word hallelujah, in a place where the minhag is to repeat, they repeat the pasuk, lifshot, not to repeat the pasuk, then they don't repeat the pasuk. If they have the minhag to say the bracha, which the Gemara explains to mean the Gemara, the, 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 the final bracha, they say the bracha, hakol ki hamedina. Everything is according to the minhag of the, of the Medina. So the Gemara over here understands that the, uh, all of these minhagim, the Mishnah understands that all of these minhagim, whether or not to repeat the, pesuki, the pesukim like Odecha Hashem Kianitani, as it specifies later, right? At the end of Halal, we say these pesukim twice, Ana Hashem Hashiyana, Haita Habonim. Many things are repeated. The, all of this stuff is kiminhag, and you do according to the minhag of your place. And the truth is that these minhagim have been evolving ever since Tanaic times. The Gemara itself brings Rava, who brings their own minhagim from their current times, and he brings halachot, which we learn from those minhagim. For example, whether or not it's a mitzvah to say halulukah after somebody gives a praise of Hashem, or how to repeat pesukim, or whether or not you say shomea ke'oneh. Many different halachot he learns out of the the minhag, which is very beautiful in the language of the Gemara. He says, Look how many wonderful, uh, how many great halachot we can learn out of the minhag of saying halal. So we see that this minhag of, uh, I guess we could call it a minhag, this, yeah, this character, the way that they used to uh, develop the saying of halal changed from Tanakh times when people began to become more literate and they began to, to know it better, that was when they began saying, they, they stopped this practice of saying every pasuk after the chazan and they would again say it all themselves the way we do it today. Uh, let me just look over something here. I might have misread the, the, the I'm sorry, the Mishnah. I think I said, right? Um, then, and may write the Biktavo Meiraz if the Katana is doing it for him. I'm sorry. If a if a Gadol was saying it, then then the then the Eved Katan or Gadol they respond Haluluka, and that's that was the process. Basically, the Rambam elaborates on this. I was misreading the, the Mishnah. The, the the Rambam elaborates. He says there was 120. There are 123 pesukim in Halel. So what they would do is the Gadol, the adult male, would read the he would read every pasuk of Hallel and the people would answer after him, Hallelujah. But already by the time of Ravah, they didn't do it this way. Already people were, they would start Hallel, they'd say the first pasuk, they'd say Hallelujah. Then he would say the first parak, and then everyone would, would also say the first parak. There was a different, uh, a different uh, what's the word, standard for, uh, for how they would do the Hallel. Okay, let's go a little further here. Rashi gives a suggestion as to why indeed this custom of repeating the Hallel Pesukim came about. And it's actually pretty brilliant. The first Pesukim, if you look at the beginning, Min HaMetzar Karatika, Ananei Bar where are we here? Many of the first, uh, sorry, I wanna, I wanna bring the actual language of Rashi. Many of the first Pesukim here in the many of the first pisukim in the Hallel repeat their themes. That's how Rashi puts it. For example, says Rashi, um, 
שלושה פעמים קראתי כאן, אינני במרחב כה, השם לי, השם לי, טוב לחסות בהשם, טוב לחסות בהשם, אצל סבבוני, סבוני כדבורים, דחו דחיתני, ויהי לי לישועה, and then it says כל ינא וישועה, ימין השם, ימין השם, לא אמות ולמוות לא נתנני. There are so many themes which are repeated two times here in the Hallel. כל ינא וישועה, ימין, sorry, פיתחו לי שערי צדק, and then זה השער להשם. So there are many פסוקים throughout uh, the, the Halal HaMitzri which repeat their themes and they say the same theme twice. But when you stop from the Pasuk of Odecha Hashem Kianitani and onward, they never repeat the theme. So because those Pasukim don't repeat their theme, therefore we repeat the Pasuk just to stay in line with the previous practice of the other Pasukim to repeat their theme, which is a very brilliant observation. And Rashi actually brings the Gemara Sota here, just as when we're mentioning this, he brings the Gemara Sota, which says that the whole thing was done antiphonally, or antiphonically, which is when uh, the Gemara Sota describes how in, in, uh, uh, in when Moshe Rabbeinu brought the Jewish people out of the Yamsuf, that he would say, and they would repeat the whole Pasuk after him. So there was this antiphonic recitation of their of their shira, so to hear Rashi says there's this responsive element where after every pasuk um, we reply hallelujah and that makes it as if they actually said the pasuk itself. There are others who assume, like the Tikkun Tefillah suggests this, that he suggests that the whole reason to be kofel, the whole reason that this minhag came about was probably because it was just a, a, a method of beautifying the, it's a method of beautifying the tefillah itself because that's simply a, a way of making the prayers more beautiful and he brings a bunch of examples where the, the languages and the themes are doubled simply just to beautify the language. However, the Rashbam and the Buddha Ham learn from the Gemara further on another reason, uh, complementary to Rashi, it doesn't have to dis- dis- dispute Rashi, why we repeat these pesukim at the end of Hallel. And they bring the Gemara and Psachim Daf Kufiyut Tet Amud Bet. And this, this, this also, um, this Gemara also explains why we say Anashem Oshiana, Anashem Oshiana. If you look at the Pasuk in Tilim itself, the Pasuk says Anashem Oshiana, Anashem Atzlichana. That's one Pasuk. So for some reason, we first say, we don't say Anashem Oshiana, Anashem Atzlichana, and then say the Pasuk twice. Instead, we, should, instead we say Anashem Oshiana, Anashem Oshiana, right? We repeat one half of the Pasuk. Then we repeat the second half of the Pasuk. Anashem Atzlichana, Anashem Atzlichana. So why do we do it that way? So the reason for this, the Gemara in Psachim says, is simply because these Pesukim recount a conversation between David, Yishai, and Shmuel Hanavi. It says, Amar Bishmuel Bar Nachmani, Amar Rabbi Yonatan. Odecha Kianitani, Amar David. I will give thanks to Hashem for you have answered me. That was David HaMelech was, uh, praising Hashem for the success of his Melucha. Even Maasu Habunim When the pasuk says um, uh, that the that the, the stone which the builders despised became the keystone, that that's something which his father Yishai said. That from Hashem came this thing. These are the brothers of David. That this day we should rejoice in. That's what Shmuel Hanavi said. So according to this Misora, the first part of the Pasuk of Anah Hashem was said by his brothers, and Anah Hashem is a reply from David HaMelech. Therefore, because these great people split the Pasuk itself, 
Therefore, we also split the pasuk. And that's, for some reason, we don't do this with Baruch Haba B'Shem Hashem, but this is also a split, uh, a split pasuk. So according to the Abu Durham and the Rashbam, in, in honor of those three uh, Nevi'im, possibly Nevi'im, or those three great people, we therefore double every one of these uh, pesukim at the end of Tehillim because they were a conversation between these three uh, great people. Okay. Let's see. Rashi also mentions, by the way, that preferably lechatchila. I wish we could get deeper into this, but we're going to run short on time. The, the Gemara on Daf Bet over there in, in Sukkah, Daf Lamarchet Amud Bet, discusses a lot of interesting halachot, and we could get into the nitty gritty of this if, if, if we had time. But there's a shakla v'tayr there in the Gemara about, not really a shakla v'tayr, but a process of breaking down exactly the minhag habavli, the Babylonian minhag about how they did it in the time of Ravah. And Rashi dissects exactly how they did it in the time of Ravah. But when Rashi is doing that, he does mention that it is preferable, it seems that Rashi is saying that it is preferable to uh, say Hallel by yourself. The lechatchila the, the is not to hear from the from the Shliach Tzibor. Once we are Bikiin today, once we are fluent in Hebrew, we should be saying it by ourselves, and that is the preferred way of saying it. But that old method of, of responding Hallelujah to every single thing, even though the Rambam in uh, Hilchot Chanukah, he, he does seem to want to change back to that old Minhag, it doesn't seem to, to have ever taken too much of a, of a stronghold. Okay, so what's the next thing we should discuss here? Let's think. Let's discuss the final bracha in, uh, in Hallel. So the first bracha, let's see. You know what, let's, let's, let's not do it in that order. I'm going to switch the order here. Um, the first bracha, the Hallel, which, the bracha which introduces Hallel is Baruchat Hashem Elokeinu Melech HaOlam, either Likroat Hallel if it's Rosh Chodesh, or Ligmoret Hallel if it is the Chag. Right, so the Sfaradim in Hag, is to say among many, not among all, is to say on Rosh Chodesh Likroat Hallel, but on Chag to say Ligmoret Hallel. So, the Nusach of these Brachot, the earliest Nusachot we find, they're not in the Gemara, they come from the Geonim. And the earliest source that we find for changing from Ligmor to Likro is in the Sidur of Sadia Gaon. We don't, we don't have it in Mesechet Sofrim, we don't have it anywhere earlier, but Sadia Gaon is the first one to say that one should say Likro Talel only by Rosh Chodesh. Tosafot in Sukkah says that technically Likro is, is always correct, Therefore, you should probably say Likro always, and that's uh, truthful, truthfully, that is the Minhag of any Ashkenazim, to say always Likro Ta'alel. Um, Rabbi Huda ben Yakar, who was the Rabbi of the Ramban, he, he held that Ligmoret Ta'alel doesn't mean to finish the Halel, it means to complete the Halel, and therefore he holds that, that's, that saying Ligmor on the Chag makes more sense because it means that you're completing the Halel. Uh, the Ashkenazim do like Tosafot, the Mordechai in Shabbat, at the end of Shabbat, the Mordechai ben Hillel, he brings the, the, the mayor Mirottenberg, who says that we're afraid that a person might skip a word and therefore it's better to say Likro Talel. Okay, so this is, this is why the, the, the distinction between Likro and Ligmar, I saw, I, I wish I didn't have time, I, I regret not having time to do this before the Shi'ur, but I saw in the, in the, in the, the Moroccan, the Moroccan uh, Minhag book, they have about four and a half long pages of discussion about why the Moroccans are so... Uh, assertive to, that we do say Likorot Hallel, even though standardly the, the Svaradim do not say Bracha before Hallel on Rosh Chodesh, because Rosh Chodesh is not a chiyuv, as we're going to say in a minute, we're going to see in a minute, and therefore, um, 
and uh, therefore they, the, 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 the Moroccans make a big deal about saying, oh, no, on Rosh Chodesh we do say Lekro, even though Rosh Chodesh we don't say the full Hallel. Next thing, we're going to discuss Dilug in a minute. Okay, yeah, Halelucha, the, the, the concluding bracha of Hallel. Let's discuss the Halelucha for a second. So if you open a Sidor, the, the current version we have of it today goes as follows. Right? All your works shall praise you, Hashem, and all your devout ones and the righteous who do your will. Very similar to Yishtabach, right? For for you it is fitting to give thanks, and unto, unto your name it is pleasant to sing praises. Bless you, Hashem, the King who is lauded with praises. Amen. Okay, so this... Uh, version, uh, this Yehalulucha blessing is mentioned in the Gemara in Psachim at the end, Kofir Chetamur Aleph. It says, Yehalulucha Hashem, this is called Birkat Hashir, at least according to one opinion, Yehalulucha is called Birkat Hashir. The Rambam in some versions has a variant uh, uh, eulogy, Baruchat Hashem is much longer, Melech Mulabat Kel Melech There's a longer version over there, but most other versions have the simple uh, eulogy, which is Baruch Hashem Melech Muhulal Batishbachot, and this seems to be the standard for most. Uh, as far as the introduction part, the Halulucha, the most simple one was the was the Italian version. That was a little bit shorter. We didn't have the Baruchu Shabuchu Yifaru. It was much simpler. And eventually, the Spanish one, which was a little bit more elaborate, gained the larger foothold. And I, I wish we could go through this more specifically, but again, we're short on time. And the um, the the Gaonic one was the, the shortest. And let me just pull up for a second the the Gaonic one. I'll read it to you verbatim. This is how we have it in the Seder of Sadia, the Seder of Amram Gaon. In the Seder of Amram Gaon, it says, Yehalulucha maasecha, Yishabachucha amusecha, Yoducha chosecha, Kefi godel nisecha, Kakatuv. That was the Gaonic version, which did not survive. Apparently, the Spanish version and the Ashkenazic version, which is much more similar to the one that we have today, was the one which dominated. And because we underst- always understood Halel, especially on, on Rosh Chodesh, Halel of Rosh Chodesh, to be a minhag, um, therefore there was... Uh, especially before the advent of the printing press, there was some variations, and the, the versions we have today are mostly similar. Nobody today says the Gaonic version, to my knowledge. I did not check if the Tamanim do it the, the, the Rambam way. I have, to go, I have to go see. My suspicion is that the Baladi way is going to be very similar to the Svaradi. And, uh, no, wait, I think I did have that. You know what? I can look, I can look that up right now while I'm here. Um, I have a, what's the, what's the word? Uh, a Tamani Sidur uh, right here. Uh, well, Magal Hashana, Limei Rosh Chodesh. Let's see the conclusion. They actually don't use Yahalulucha on Rosh Chodesh, so I don't actually know the answer. Okay, Rosh Chodesh. Let's get back to, get to the meat and potatoes. We came to Halel here for Rosh Chodesh, so let's discuss why in the world we say it on Rosh Chodesh. And this is a fascinating story. So there's a Gemara in Ta'anit, Davchafchet, Amud Bet. And I'm going to pull up the Gemara right now. Says the Gemara, the Amar Rabbi Yochanan Mishum Rabbi Shimon ben Yehoshua Tzadak. Rabbi Yochanan says in the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Yehoshua Tzadak, Shmona Asar Yom Bashanai Yachid Gomer Bahenat Halal. There are eighteen days of the year 
where even an individual has to complete the Hallel, meaning that it's not a custom. You, it's not something that you would only do if you were with a, a tzibur that was davening, a, a, a congregation that was davening. It's a real chiyuv. Ve'eluhen, these are the 18 days. Shmonet yimei ha'chag, the eight days of, of, uh, of uh, Sukkot. V'shmonet yimei Chanukah, the eight days of Chanukah. V'yom tov harishon shal Pesach, the first day of Pesach. V'yom tov shal Tzeret, and, and, and the final day of Atzeret, u'bagola, and in the... In the exile and outside of Israel, it's Asim Vechad Yom, and it's 21 days to, for the nine days of, of Sukkot, the eight days of Hanukkah, the two first days of Pesach, and the two last days of Atzeret. Okay, very obvious. This is a, a well known halacha. Now, the Gemara says, Rav Iklali Babel, Chazinu de Kakaru Halila Bereshiarcha. Rav, when he uh, came to Babel, this is well known that Rav. Uh, originally learned in Eretz Yisrael under Rabbi Yehuda, and then he migrated to uh, Bavel and became the authority in Babylonia, well, well, the Byzantine Empire at the time. He walked into a shul, and he found them saying, Halel and Rosh Chodesh. Halela, remember, that's what they called it. And his first, his first thought was to make them stop. Whoa, whoa, what are you guys doing? This is the, the wrong... Uh, wrong practice. The real halacha is that we only say Hallel on these, on these days. Why are you guys saying Hallel on Rosh Chodesh? It's not appropriate. It's not one of those 18 days. Because once he saw that they were skipping through the Hallel, Amar, he said, I see from this practice, that this is a minhag, a custom of their forefathers, which they are grasping in their hands, and therefore it is not something that I will stop them from doing. In other words, uh, because they are making it clear through their actions, that they, they're making it clear from the way that they're saying Hallel, that they uh, are only saying Hallel as a custom, but not as an actual obligation by doing a skipping Therefore, I will not stop them, and they can continue this minhag because they accepted it from their fathers. I forgot to, to say the earlier part of the Gemara, um, which brings a raya from the Mamadot and what, what was Doha Korban. We learn from the Mishnah and Sukkah and Tanit that the Halel of Rosh Chodesh is not, um, is not a Doraita. That is, that is the language of the Gemara and Tanit. So it's honestly, uh, I'll just mention this tangentially, even though we're short on time. It is a very interesting thing, uh, halachically speaking, that Rav qualifies a minhag in this way. Because if you think about it, and I hope not to get anybody upset by, by saying this, if you, if you see the way people use the, word, the, the language, like today, when they say that they're doing a minhag because they have a misorah for it, right? Many people use this as an excuse to, author, to uh, what's the word, to justify a minhag, even though they're not sure about the reason for it. Meaning, they have no idea why they do it. Uh, it might even be against halacha. However, they still do it because minigavasayani biyadayani. For example, uh, you know, the Hasidim davening, uh, what's the word, uh, davening past zman uh, tefillah. Like minigavasayani biyadayani. But if you look at the, the way the Minigavasayim B'yadayim was originally used in the Gemara, 
it means the exact opposite. It means we know exactly what we're doing. We know that it is not perfectly with halakha, but it is still permissible. And we're demonstrating that we understand why we do it. We, we we're demonstrating that it is a minhag that we understand and we know the source of, and therefore we are going to continue doing it. So it means the exact opposite of what it is typically used for today, which I just thought is an interesting uh, uh, point. And this is not to disparage minhagim. The Gemara itself is very forceful when it comes to keeping a minhag of one's fathers once their fathers uh, accepted it. Now, aside for that tangent, we, we do see in this story two things. First of all, the Gemara says that the Halal of Rosh Chodesh is quote-unquote not the Oraita, right? Is not a, uh, a, a Deoraita, which we'll get back to in a second. Um, secondly, we see that the people decided to start this minhag on their own. So why did the people in Babel decide to start this minhag to say Rosh Chodesh, to say Halil on Rosh Chodesh? So there is a misora, a tradition among the among the Rishonim. The Rokeach brings this, and the Shiboli Haleket brings this, that they were somech on a pasuk, and the pasuk is very obvious. They're really not on pasuk, but on a parak in Tehilim. We say it every every day: Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Bekocho in Tehilim. In that Hallelujah, it says Hallelujah twelve times. And because it says halu 12 times, we learn that we should say halel 12 times a year. And for this reason, we repeat the last pasuk, kol nishamat halel ka haluluka, because the last pasuk is like the Ibriyar, it's the 13th pasuk, where we also will, um, the 13th pasuk, which we, in case there's a leap year, that's what, you know, we, we say halel 13 times that year instead of 12, which is a, a very interesting uh, tradition that we need to fulfill uh, 13 or 12 Halels every year. The Prichadash in, in uh, Shulchan Aruch uh, Bet asks a very uh, obvious question, which is that's actually not true because in Tishri we do not uh, say Halel, it's Rosh, it's Rosh Hashanah, so we only say it 11 times a year or 12 times a year. And I saw that it, it, there's a safer called, uh, uh, it's escaping me now, Shemat Tefilati, I think, where he answers a clever answer. He says, Yeah, well, it's true that you only say. We don't say Hallel in Rosh Hashanah, but it is quite possible that the Shofar is considered the Hallel of Rosh Hashanah, as the Pasuk itself says, Halleluhu b'teka Shofar. In other words, that we should praise Hashem with the blowing of the Shofar. So that was a very clever uh, escape for this Misorah. But otherwise, I did not immediately find another a reason. I remember a long time ago seeing a reason al Piyah Kabbalah. I could not find it in time for the Shior. But I've heard another reason, Al-Piyah Kabbalah, why, why people should uh, say Halel on Rosh Chodesh, that there's a certain <coughs> number of 12 that needs to be filled every year. I don't remember it. I could not find it in time. My apologies. Okay, let's move on a little bit further since we're already over time. We saw that the Gemara says that they were Medaleg Deluge, that they were skipping around. So the way that we understand skipping around today, if you open a Sidur, they'll put it in gray. Uh, we have... Skipping around for us is Lolanu Hashem Lolanu Kavod. We don't say the first bracha. We say Ahavti Ki Hashem Tkolita Hanunai, etc. Okay, so so we don't say Lolanu. We don't say Ahavti Ki and we don't say the first bracha. So regarding the first bracha, first of all, that's a machloket Rishonim whether or not you should say the bracha of the Korot Halel at all by Rosh Chodesh. The Moroccans do say Likrot Halel according to Rambam and Rif. And the Ashkenazim don't. It's interesting if you pay attention to that story with Rav. Um, Rav didn't notice that they weren't uh, that that it was a minhag because they didn't say a bracha. 
he noticed because they were skipping. So it is an interesting proof, possible proof, that if Rav came in at the beginning of Hallel, that perhaps they really did say a bracha, and the only proof that he had that it was a, a, a minhag was that they were skipping. So this is the skipping that we're aware of. Uh, again, it's machlok and rishonim if the first bracha is skipped. But we skip out Ahafti and Lolanu. If you look in the Seder of Sadia Gaon, it seems that the Cairo minhag was different. The Egyptian minhag was not to skip these two, but rather, and he, again, this is tricky to understand because he, has a, he had a different tilim than we do. But um, he says that what you would do is, you would first say, Vikrat Perakarishon. You would read the first parak, meaning Haluluka, Halulu Avdeyat Hashem. Halulu Avdeyat Hashem. Then you would say, Vyashmit bin Perakashini, min Lolanu Hashem Lolanu, Ad Zicharanu Verech. And you should leave out from the Perakashini from Lolanu until Zicharanu Verech. Meaning, don't say Lolanu. And don't say Hashem Zechrani Uvarech, except in uh, the Loikam in Ashlishi from the third, the third parak, which he calls the third parak, which is not exactly per- accurate in how our Tilim is set up. But he says in the third parak of Ma'ashiv Hashem, you only say four Pesukim. Say Ma'ashiv Hashem called the Tagmolahi Alai, Kosi Shot Asav Shem Hashem Akra, and Dirai Lashem Hashem Neganala Cholamo. Then you finish Bechasot Bed Hashem Betechechi Ushlaim Haluluka. And then he says, Prakim and then the rest of it you, you, you read Kisei there. So he had a different version of Dilug, which uh, unfortunately didn't survive. And then he says, if you're praying with Sibor, then, um, oh, I'm sorry, over here he's talking about, uh, and then you finish with Yalulucha. Okay, that, that's, that's the version of Rav Sadia Gaon. I just thought it, it bears mention because it is something most people don't know about, and it is an extinct uh, minhag. Okay, now I also mentioned, this is the last uh, three short things we're going we're gonna to deal with. Um, I mentioned the Gemara says that Halal or Nosh is not a Doraita. So that would sound like, oh, the regular Halal is a Doraita. But that's not true. The, uh, the Rishonim almost unanimously agree that Halal is not a Doraita. The Rambam holds that, that, that it is a complete Rabbanan. The Ramban in Shorash, that's the Rambam, Rambam in, in Hanukkah. The Ramban in Sefer HaMitzvot in his Hasagot. Um, he goes back and forth, but he believes that it is a Kabbalah, Halacha Moshe Messinai, while the Ravad holds that it is, a, it is a Kabbalah from the Nevi'im. So there's different halachic standards for this. Why does the Pasuk use the, why does the Gemara use the word Doraita? Probably means like as a smach, that all the other Halels, uh, Rashi says that it, because they were instituted by the Nevi'im, it is like a Doraita. That is the language of Rashi. Um, okay. A little further here. So, okay, we, we should understand Halal is not Doraita, but uh, there is one Halal in the year which might be Doraita. Uh, it probably is. Tosafot points this out in Sukkah that the Halal of this Pesach Seder, that is probably a Doraita because it is part of the Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim. And uh, there's actually a, a machloket about which part is, is, it the, is it the one we say in Shul or is it the one like there's a, there's a conflict of understanding here whether or not the Halal in Shul is Doraita or whether the Halal by the Seder is, is the one which is Doraita. Okay, and just bears mentioning a little further, and then we'll be done. Um, the Shulchan Aruch brings from the Shibole Haleket in Tavchaf Beit, and the Shibole Haleket's in Kufai and Gimel. He brings from his Rebbe or Mayor, and he brings from his brother Rebbe Binyamin that the Halacha is we should stand for Halel. And the reason for this, he cites his brother, is because the Pasuk says, 
um, in in Halut Hashem, She Omdim Bebet Hashem, right? That that the Kohanim and the Levim would would stand in the Beit Hashem when they sang Hallel in the Beit Hamikdash. They always did it standing, especially because it was in the Azara. Therefore, the halacha is that we should, at least the Shulchan Aruch says lechatchila, we should stand by Hallel. And he goes further than Shmuley Haleket. He says that it is like a testimony that when we say Hallel, we are testifying that Hashem. Uh, delivered us in these salvations. It's like an edut, and halacha is by edut, by testimony, a Jewish person mm. person in court has to has to stand. Okay. Lastly, the halacha by women. So we know that women are obligated in the Pesach Seder. So they were. There's a special drasha that women are also mechuyavot uh, in in the Haggadah and the Sipurit, the, the 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 four kosot. And therefore, women are also most likely uh, biblically commanded to say Hallel on the night of Pesach. However, typically, uh, when it comes to year-round, women are not obligated in uh, Hallel because it is a mitzvah to say Shazman Grama. Now, whether or not it is a full, even though it's, it's not a mitzvah to say really, but it's a mitzvah midrabanan, which is time-bound, women are patur from Hallel. Now, this is a little surprising because as we saw, Esther Hamalka and Devorah Hanaviyah were two of the people themselves who were the ones who sang Hallel. In other words, women who were a part of these Nisim, who were a part of these miracles themselves, did say the Hallel. However, uh, because it is Mitzvah HaSeh Shazman Grama, we do not say, um, we do not say the, uh, they do not say the Hallel. So they're patur, but they would, they would receive schar if they do say it. It is Chanukah time. I should mention, on Chanukah we do say Hallel, but Purim we do not. The Gemara discusses this. Why, why is that the case? I believe it's in Megillah. I don't remember where it is offhand. And it gives a couple of reasons. Like, for example, the, 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 um, uh, the, the nes of Chanukah happened in Eretz Yisrael, and therefore, um, and while, while the nes of Purim happened outside of Eretz Yisrael, the nes of... of um, of Chanukah, they delivered themselves and they became independent, while by the Nesa Purim they were still under Achashverosh, and the other one is escaping me right now. But there, for many reasons, we do not say Hallel on Purim, but we also the Megillah is like saying Hallel, that's the third reason. So we do not say Hallel on Purim for those three reasons, but on Chanukah we do, and Chanukah we say the full Hallel. Okay, so this is a synopsis of the... Um, the synopsis, a very short synopsis of the history of Hallel. Hopefully, if we encounter the, uh, when we get to the to the Chagim, the festivals, we'll be more prepared to discuss Hallel in more length if we need to. Uh, again, there's not so much academic. There's a lot of there's a lot of divrei uh, Chazal uh, on Hallel. I think we covered the the main. The, the main sources tonight, there was very little academic work done on it. The, the best survey was done in 1951 by Louis Finkelstein. He did a history of the origins of Hallel and the way it was originally said, both in Bavel, really a survey of the various sources of Chazal. So if anyone's interested in that, they could look there. And in the future, if we get to the Chagim or Haggadah Shal Pesach, then we will discuss Hallel again. But for now, this is a short synopsis of the Minhag, the custom of saying Hallel on Rosh Chodesh and the history of Hallel as it, as it was. So, Bezat Hashem, next week we will continue with the Kriyat Torah and the Musaf of Rosh Chodesh. Thank you, everybody, for your endurance. I know it was long, and we will continue Bezat Hashem next week.